I'm R.J. Bell with the sports betting headlines for Thursday. Antonio Brown off the COVID list. This is the game of the regular season. Tampa Bay favored by seven at New England. We'll do another preview, deeper dive. Speaking of games, we've got Trevor Lawrence and Joe Burrow. Their record in college and high school, 148 and 11. Their record in the NFL, 4 and 11. What is going on? Speaking of the game, it's Cincinnati on the road, favored by 7.5 at Jacksonville. Here comes a 4 Hour of the Vegas Truth covering all that and more. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. Radio. This is Straight Out of Vegas with the voice of Vegas, your host, RJ Bell. The pregame show America has always wanted. From the Vegas Strip, here's R.J. Bell. You heard it. I'm R.J. Live in Las Vegas, live on a football Thursday, live on 225 FSR stations across this great, great nation. This Thursday game is interesting tonight. The Cincinnati Bengals favored by seven and a half. What universe are we in? (laughs) Sports bettors listen for the money. Sports fans to know more than their buddies. Now, I'm the pro. Is he a pro? Yeah, I think so. But... What we know for sure is <laughs> he's the fan who beats the man, A.J. Hoffman. Thanks, R.J. Great to be here on a day where we have a big Thursday night football match featuring two number one big. picks. Big. Yeah, it is. It is. Yeah, good, I'm interested. On. There's money to be made. Uh, the Bucks getting Antonio Brown back before their big game against, uh, against New England. I think no one will argue that. And we've got an NBA player saying he's willing to sit out an entire season, forfeit his salary if he doesn't get his way. What's the Vegas lead, RJ? Well, if Ben Simmons doesn't play, his over-under for three-pointers is a half. <laughs> and if he plays, it's a half. But that won't No be, line movements. That won't be the Vegas lead. I, maybe I'm a little perverse, but I'm going to double dip. Let's start off talking about Burrow and Lawrence, because I can't lie. I've been at the head of the anti-Trevor Lawrence national media train. At the head, not second, not third, number one. R.J. Bell. So the fact that Trevor Lawrence has been, hmm, let me think of a word, horrible. Let's lead with that and compare him to Burrow, the number one picks last two years. All right, Trevor Lawrence, Joe Burrow, two former top picks, two guys with a special special connection to Urban Meyer. Uh, Cincinnati minus seven and a half at Jacksonville tonight on Thursday Night Football. Now, one of my listen, I have nothing personal against Trevor Lawrence. It's never personal with me. Always business, K. But no. is. <laughs> but I do, there's parts of his pedigree, parts of his mm, life story that I just have trouble relating to. I have trouble relating to a guy. And again, listen, we never know for sure what struggles a person faces at 2.30 in the morning staring into the mirror. So I'm not going to sit and act like I know. But from a distance... And in the ways that affect me as a sports fan, 
you as a sports fan, Trevor Lawrence has not overcome much. And pregame.com research came up with a really impressive, eye-popping series of numbers here. Trevor Lawrence in high school and college, pre-NFL, 86 wins, four losses. Now, that's good. I think I lost that many games in junior high, but okay, that is good. Let's, let's not blame a person for that. Oh my gosh, he'd be a good guy if only he had lost more games. No, it's amazing, impressive, 86 and four. Now, Joe Burrow, the number one pick last year in high school, in college, 62 and seven. Okay, that's good. Not quite as good. Still pretty good. That's good. Now, I'm going to do a little mathematics here, okay? If you add that up, those, these two starting tonight, 148 winners before the NFL, 11 losers. We have ATS records? or Nah, in, in high school? <laughs> are you dem- I mean, yes. I'm from Texas, RJ. Yes, yes, yes high yes, school. but I don't, I don't do that publicly. <laughs> they make you lay 12 to win 10. I mean, it's <laughs> out of Steubenville. They do, actually. And three-teamers, ties lose. It's tough uh. to beat high school. But I tried. It's, I mean, before, before. Back I think in the, the statute of limitations is up on that. But if you look at it, in 159 games, they lost 11 combined. Okay. They've lost 11 games in the NFL. It's been uh, 15 games. They're four. Well, they got a tie in there, I guess, right? So since he has the tie. So four, 11, and one. So 11 losses. In 159 games, 11 losses in 16 games for Burrow and Lawrence. Here comes. I smell a 155 game win streak coming. <laughs> well, they, they're going to play each other, so I don't think. Oh no! But foiled. But, but but to me, here comes welcome to the NFL, but welcome to adversity. And Trevor Lawrence has not responded particularly well. Um. Let's look at some numbers here. QBR, we are straight out of Vegas. I'm R.J. Bell, A.J. Hoffman in studio. If you look at QBR, that is the ESPN stat that is highly regarded. The second worst, oh wait, actually he's third. The third worst QBR is Trevor Lawrence. He has a 23. Now, Zach Wilson has a 22, and Justin Fields has a 7. Okay, Justin Fields is the one game, so let's kind of accept it was a historically bad game. Who knows how bad it's going to keep continuing to be? But you know what? If it does, he probably won't keep starting. But somehow Trevor Lawrence, they don't blink. They traded their backup away. They said, you know, we got one of the best backups Minshew in the league, and he is one of the best backups. Well, let's get a seventh-round pick for him, and let's clear the way. Because <laughs> we, we don't want Trevor Lawrence to face any adversity. Like, maybe this backup might actually be better. Because I tell you this, you put in Minshew tonight, I'm taking Jacksonville plus seven and a half and not blanking. Now, we can look at some other stats. EPA, for example, Trevor Lawrence is... Let's think about this. He's actually second to last again. So not last, that's Zach Wilson, but second to last. But it feels like to me, AJ, that the amount of drama, the amount of, oh my God, what's, what's happening, 
in New York is substantial. Wilson is getting a lot of heat. There's not even heat on him personally as much as consternation about, oh, my gosh, did we miss again? I don't feel any of that out of Jacksonville. Maybe that's why I don't like Trevor Lawrence. What's your take on it all? Yeah, I do think that it's funny. Well, I say it's funny. It's interesting to see a guy deal with failure for the first time in his life. And well, have what have we seen? Well, we've seen it not go well so far. I, I mean, certainly. Now, mind what you, what do you th- sense about him though? Because I, it strikes me he's a. Obliv- it's almost like it's not happening. I think that he knew there would be growing pains. I don't How know. Do you know what he knew. I don't know that. I, that's why I said I think he he thought he that. Did, would be remember, growing. he doesn't care too much about football. It's a it's a he cares, but he's got more important things to worry about. Maybe so, but I I can't imagine he said I'm going to go to the Jacksonville Jaguars, go 14 and three, win the AFC. Like, but th- listen, there's a difference between not. First of all, there were people saying, and let's be candid, this, the the South is there for the taking or uh, for a decent team, right? Colts <laughs> Colts have zero wins. Call me when one shows up there. Uh, a decent team, yeah. <laughs> so Jacksonville, at different points, we were looking at in the offseason thinking, you know, Urban Meyer comes in and schemes this thing up. If Trevor Lawrence really is ah the savior. He, he, I don't think you cannot say, and this is important, you cannot say that Trevor Lawrence has met expectations. No. So that's the point. Yeah, they didn't think he'd win at all, but it's like this is worse than we thought. You mentioned Urban Meyer, and you talk about another guy who's not experienced failure in his life. He's about to have his fourth loss of the season, or if, assuming he does. He had four Big Ten losses the entire time he was at Ohio State. He lost four conference games in seven years. But This least, is new to him, but too. he seems like he really cares. In fact, it looks like Urban Meyer cares too much. It looks like he's got an ulcer on the sideline. It side looks line. like he cares too much. And Trevor Lawrence, we actually have a little footage where he was after the most re- – or some audio after the most recent game, which was a bad performance. This is what he said. I'm already a multi-millionaire! <laughs> so – I don't know if that was him exactly, but conceptually, I think it's in line. Yeah, it makes sense. <laughs> We're straight out of same Vegas. hair. Is that how you think about it? Oh, same hair. Is yeah. like, okay, okay. I thought you were saying same here. That like you're not all that concerned. Oh as no, a multi-millionaire. <laughs> That's AJ Hoffman. I'm RJ Bow. Okay, let's shift to Burrow. How's Burrow do- doing? Well, one thing that is important to realize is. And let's give some credit to the Cincy coaching staff. Maybe, in my opinion, the least competent staff. They are running the ball an inordinate amount. And they are not allowing Burrow to drop back too, too much. And I think it was, I'm going by memory here, McKenzie, maybe you can pull it up. I think he had 23 passes against the Steelers. Now, listen, when you're in the lead... In the NFL or any football, you tend to run the ball more. The modern NFL, not as much, where if you're even in the lead, a la the Falcons against the Patriots uh, in the Super Bowl, you're supposed to keep trying to score because it's easy to come back uh, in the NFL today. 14 for 18, Burrow was against the Steelers. So I think he actually dropped back like 23 times, but with, you know, but okay, yeah, so only 18 attempts. That's right. So... That's to me, that's the Bengals waking up a little bit and saying, Hey, he blew out his leg once. If he blows out again, we'll be fired before he makes it to the hospital. Let's not pass very much. And as a road favorite here, 
or in this case, oh, the, the game's in Cincy. Huh? Why did I think that I had that flipped in my head? I apologize. So as a seven and a half, you know, I was willing to lay it with the Bengals at seven and a half. I, I guess I got to play here at seven. <laughs> I mean, wow. So see, the truth, listen, the truth gets told here. I actually had that game flipped. Bengals are seven and a half. If you're favored by over a touchdown and you want to run the ball, something to think about when it comes to the props. By the way, AJ, three Thursdays ago, you first prop, you won. Two Thursdays ago, one. Last one, one. It's crazy. Undefeated. I'm a prop wizard. I didn't even know it. Now, are you going to have a prop for us today? I am. You're not going to like it. Well, that. Well, listen. If it wins, I like it. I do think it is noteworthy with Burrow. He's not passing a ton. Now, how's that going to work when they're behind in games? We'll see. Because obviously, the Bengals are going to be behind at different points. If you look at Burrow's. Uh, QBR, he's 24th out of 32. If you look at his pro football focus grade, he's 13th. So pro football focus is about grading the technique, the exactly what the quarterback does. If he throws a perfect pass and the running back or the wide receiver drops it, he gets at PFF a really good grade as the passer. It's the catcher of the ball, or not the catcher, that gets the negative. But when it comes to stats at QBR, performance is all that matters. So Joe Burrow's quality of quarterbacking is much better than his stats right now because the Bengals aren't good around him. Well, and of course, the Athletics Mike Sando has him like number three. (laughs) Well, Mike Sando from the Athletic, (laughs) he had (laughs) McKenzie's favorite uh, (laughs) his favorite attribution is... (laughs) I can't believe we don't have that drop in your board. That's a big mistake by us. Well, I mean, because you can do the imitation at any time. The Athletics Mike Sando... (laughs) Let's give him a try. He's only on 225 stations. Get, let's assume Mike Sando did something that we were attributing and that you had to do it, McKenzie. Go ahead. RJ, this just in from the Athletics Mike Sando. Wow! You know, he had that recorded. Did you, <laughs> did you hear him play on his tape recorder? I give him credit. That's as well as we're going to do to end this segment. So let's take our first break. When we come back, we're going to be shifting gears away from this game. But remember, before the end of the show, about 6.45 Eastern, we'll have a full Vegas handicap with AJ attempting to go 4-0. Here, though, we're going to talk about, yes, Tom Brady and Bill Belichick, but with an angle a little different than you might expect. All that more coming up next. Straight out of Vegas! Be sure to catch live editions of Straight Out of Vegas weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. I disagree with intervention. I disagree with protocol. If you speak out against the words and the heavens gone I'm R.J. Bell. We are straight out of Vegas. And I'm A.J. Hoffman. In just a minute, we're going to talk about the New England Patriots and the Tampa Bay Bucks matchup. But first, R.J., we had some interesting stuff we were looking at about young quarterbacks in the league right now. Yeah, I mean, obviously... There was talk of, and I mean, this is, I think, this is addressing and contradicting one of the the narratives out there. One of the narratives in the NFL is, oh my gosh, we've never seen this quality of 
passers and catchers. You know why? Because they grew up on seven and seven camps and they've been kind of like a Brazilian with a soccer ball. They've been playing with that football. And, you know, back in the day, it was all about the option and, and the eye formation. But now it's all about passing and they've got coaches and, and quarterback coach, blah, 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 blah. Okay. Here are the quarterbacks of the last two drafts. And I'll read them in order of their QBR. So the better QBR means they get named first. Oh, by the way, Justin Herbert, who everyone agrees has a lot of talent. Everyone agrees he's shown flashes. Right now his QBR is 54. 54 is exactly average. So we can talk and say, hey, stats don't matter. It's my eye test that matters. I, I think you really like Herbert, don't you? I do like Herbert. I think that he's got some real upside. I think that he's obviously the best of the young quarterbacks. He's about 17th right now of all the quarterbacks. Then we go down, 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 and then there's Mac Jones. And Mac Jones has a 52 QBR. Okay? I think we all agree Mac Jones processes fast. Is he going to be more than a Kirk Cousins prior to this year? Because Kirk Cousins is really much better seemingly this year. Meaning, is he limited? You know, is he decent, but he's never going to win you a Super Bowl kind of guy? I don't know. He might become the next Brady. But right now, Mac Jones is average. And they are not challenging him too much with what they expect from him. Then we go down and we see, oh, Joe Burrow. He's well below average at a 41. Now, the QBR is 1 to 100. And it's supposed to be about percentage. So, 50 in theory is average average. But... Because quarterback play in the NFL has improved st- statistically, the average is now like 54, 55. So when Joe Burrow has a 41, that's bad. Okay? That but, average might change if Jalen Hurts and Justin Fields keep playing. They're, well, <laughs> I don't think Jalen Hurts is, is, is in that category. I think, he had a I think nine Trevor last Lawrence week. is in that category. But Hurts for the season is only four tenths of a point behind Burrow. So it's 41 for Burrow, 41.2, and Hurts has a 40.8. And let me see. There's, oh, four more to go. Trevor Lawrence has a 23. Is that good? Uh, if you were in high school <laughs> trying to play in the NFL. <laughs> Zach Wilson, a 21.9. Okay. Justin Fields, a 7. And Tua, Tua does not qualify. That's just his number of attempts. But I think we all know where Tua will be not above average. So think about this now. In this era of seven-on-sevens, and we've never seen this many great players, and oh my gosh, it's a new generation. We have Herbert, who again, I'm an optimist on. Mac Jones, Burrow, Hertz, Lawrence, Wilson, Fields, Tua. Ah. I mean, give me Herbert. Like, here's the question: Would you rather have Herbert or all of the other ones combined? Herbert. All the other ones you could trade them. You, I mean, just imagine you'd have oh. those assets. I mean, I'd still rather have Herbert because none of those you, guys. You tell, you tell Bur- Burrow like, "Hey, wear long pants." No, don't, without that knee brace. You can't <laughs> trade any of those guys for a franchise quarterback, and Herbert, I think, is a franchise. So you'd quarterback. Ra- let's, let's get this right. You'd rather have Herbert than you would. <laughs> Mac Jones, Burrow, Hurts, Trevor Lawrence, oh. Wilson, 
there's still Fields value on Trevor and Lawrence. Tua. If I can trade these guys, I'll, t- I'll take the, the pile of players, I guess. Uh, if but you take Trevor Lawrence out. Not, didn't give me Herbert again. So Wilson, it doesn't have. Uh, I don't what's think, Wilson trade for now? I, not the number two pick. I know that much. Yes, exactly. <laughs> is, is it hot outside? What's the temperature outside? I don't know, but it's less than 500. Yes, yes. we know that. All right. But what does he trade? Does he trade for the 15th pick? Does Wilson trade for the 15th pick in the draft? No. Because the Steelers might be right around the 15th pick if they're lucky. Maybe they should be trading for Wilson. Maybe they should. I think I would take Wilson. I think you're the prisoner of the moment. But what we know long term is. There's not many great quarterbacks. And let's be honest, if we extend out to a third year... Go ahead. AJ, you first. mentioned the prisoner of the moment. And there, there was a time where... We used to not even judge NFL quarterbacks until they were like year three because it was just it, it was because they weren't playing. Well, that's fair. Now these guys are thrown right into the fire, and most of these guys on really awful teams, so they're in a bad situation. And and we judge them just like they're a guy who's been in the league for three years. It's tough. See, I, I don't know the whole awful team thing because Joe Burrow, before he got hurt last year, was on an awful team with a bad offensive line. Everyone was very optimistic about Joe Burrow. And I think they still are for the most part. Because of all the ones here that we're being the prisoner of the moment of, I think the only one I will accept blame for being the prisoner of the moment is Burrow. I think that Burrow's probably going to end up being, if I had to guess, he's going to be like a Kirk Cousins. He will be like the 11th, 12th, 13th best quarterback. But you know what? That doesn't win you a Super Bowl, typically. If you think about who wins Super Bowls, Bowls Joe Burrow, I think, below is below that line. I think Dak Prescott will win you a Super Bowl right now. We can go down the list, right? I don't think Burrow ever reaches that level. I think that Herbert very well could. I think it's a 50-50, maybe even a 70-30 he will. But anyone else here, and listen, let's accept Trevor Lawrence is – the greatest recruit since Andrew Luck, maybe Andrew Luck, if not John Elway. And before that, Otto Graham. Well, something like that. <laughs> so, why a tittle? <laughs> Who was the best recruit before Elway? I don't know. I think it's Sammy it. Baugh, officially. Sammy Baugh, the 1940s. Slanging Sammy? Yeah, exactly. But was, I know Sammy Baugh, slinging Sammy was good, but was he a great recruit? I think Newt, I think Newt Rockney. Now that I think about it, all right, Newt Rockney, all right. And Reagan in that movie with the Gipper, but that was a movie. Yeah, I'm R.J. Bell. We are straight out of Vegas. So if we just extend this one more second here, let's go to the third year quarterbacks. So Kyler Murray, we can debate him. I, long term, I don't feel great with him, but what I know is when he's healthy and he's young and spry, he's good. He's good. Last year, he was real good. He got hit one time, shoulder hurt, non-throwing shoulder, and he wasn't the same the rest of the year. He was not even average. So let's call Murray an incomplete. Who else is even in their third year? Is it me, or there's no other third-year quarterback that's even starting right now? You, we, am I right on that, McKenzie? I'm pulling up that draft class right now. Yeah, I mean, I'm looking through here. It's not Wentz. Yeah. So think about that. There's a concept called survivor bias. Survivorship bias, you'll hear too. Now, what does that mean? Daniel Jones is in the same class as Kyler Murray. So this is third year. Yeah. Okay. Huh. 
All no, right. no one else. Yeah, Haskins and Locke are on the bench, and that's the closest. And, and Minshew is on the bench. But, yeah, that, that the yeah. only starters are uh, Daniel Jones and Kyler Murray. So here in about a year, it will be Kyler Murray's the one starter. <laughs> yes. though, though, let's admit, Mr. Daniel Jones, if you look at his PFF, is better than his stats at this point. Bad O-line. So who knows? Maybe there's a... Uh, uh, unearthed gem there, but when you lose at home, when you have zero wins to the Falcons, and you put up 14 points, as Chevy Chase would say, not good. So we got three years of draft classes, and we got a real question mark, but with an upside with Murray, and we've got a real potential with Herbert, and otherwise, we have no proof at all that we're talking Super Bowl caliber. And we don't know for these, but I'm saying it seems like everyone else is a long shot understanding Trevor Lawrence's three games. Understanding we can go back to 1999 and say Peyton Manning threw a lot of interceptions 22 years ago, and thus it's no problem. Except let's think about the quarterbacks that have gotten good in the last 10 years, right? How did Mahomes do his first year starting? I know he didn't start all those games in his rookie year. He played very well in Week 17, and he was, what, the MVP the next year. Yeah. Right? He started pretty fast. How did Russell Wilson start? Pretty fast. How did Aaron Rodgers start? Now, again... He got red-shirted, yeah. Yeah, so, and maybe there's a message in that. How did Lamar Jackson start? Wherever you want to put Lamar Jackson, who's now in his fourth year, is, and I'm, I'm a skeptic, but he's a good quarterback. I mean, he's, can he win you a Super Bowl? I don't know. But he's he's gonna. The worst you could say about Lamar Jackson is 15th, 14th. I mean, a lot of people can say that's absurd. He's third. But I'm saying the worst you can say is he's above average by yes. a little bit. So he started fast. I want to see the guy. Even Baker Mayfield started fairly fast. He had a bad second year, but he had a pretty good rookie year. So this idea that they're gonna be horrible early. And then become great. Where's the example of that? Where who is the last quarterback that started horribly and became top eight? Because if we look at the top eight, and uh, Josh Allen may be the example. I'm not sure Josh Allen's in the top eight. Fair. We'll see. Let's wait and see. And if so, but I would make the following case: He didn't start horribly. I mean, if you look at his Q, look at his QBR's rookie year. It wasn't 23. No, no, it wasn't that. It was like 51 or whatever. He was an average. Listen, if you're average, you can be skeptical that they're going to get better. But I'm saying it's almost like preseason. Here's what we know about preseason and quarterbacks. If you look horrible, it's a bad sign. If you look good, it doesn't tell you much other than you don't have a bad sign. Right? Because Zach Wilson looked great. He looked great in the preseason. He looked like it was easy for him. And you know what? He's been as bad as any quarterback walking the earth. Josh Allen's 2018 rookie year, he had a QBR of 50. Right now, below 50 is Joe Burrow, Jalen Hurts, Trevor Lawrence, Zach Wilson, Justin (laughs) Fields. Tua does not qualify. If you add up Trevor Lawrence, Zach Wilson, and Justin Fields, it adds up to 51. (laughs) Trevor Lawrence, Zach Wilson, and Justin Fields adds up to 51. Point taken. Josh Allen had a 50 in his rookie year. (laughs) Fair enough. Now, again, small sample size, blah, blah, blah. The narrative seems to be wrong. And you just heard why. This is the fastest-growing show on Fox Sports Radio. I kind of like that. 
You just heard why, kind of? I yeah. like that. If it's good. Pat yourself if on you're the back. talking a lot, I'll say I'll just kind of act like it didn't happen. No, you say, and somehow we're still the and fastest. Somehow the fastest growing show <laughs> in last year and a half, audience has more than doubled, and that's because of you, your support. We appreciate it, and we'll keep trying our very best to deliver the best show to you. You can listen on the iHeartRadio app. Just search straight out of Vegas here in Vegas on the strip, 83 degrees. The neon is flowing. I've never done this before. But I'm going to go straight to the update off of that. And we will be doing an early preview on a Vegas style on the biggest game of the regular season. Be sure to catch live editions of Straight Out of Vegas weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific. Fox Sports Radio, I'm A.J. Hoffman. He's the voice of Vegas, R.J. Bell. And listen, we know we just crushed a bunch of quarterbacks. And you know what? It's not personal. Not personal at all. Peace and love, peace and love. But if we can make money off them, their their troubles, why not? That's my thinking. I'm with you. Now, unfortunately, one of them has to win a game tonight. One of them has to cover a game tonight. Well, we got some stats on that, actually. It's amazing that we crushed them this bad and didn't come up, or didn't share these stats. So, Mackenzie Rivers, pregame.com research. How are these rookie quarterbacks doing? You know, we can talk stats and nerds and protractors and compasses and all that stuff, all these numbers. But the only number that really matters is wins. How are they doing on that regard? Rookies versus non-rookies this year, 0-9 straight up, 0-9 against the spread, missing expectation by 10 points per game. Is that good? No. Oh. <laughs> so think about this. If you gave them 10 extra points to start, just the rookie you know, curve, your you know, handicap, is they would be tying their expectations. <laughs> so, yeah, not good. Speaking of, well, I think pretty good Tampa Bay and not so good New England, but it's the game of the year. It's a great matchup coming up, RJ. The New England Patriots, Tampa Bay Bucks, Tom Brady against Bill Belichick. What's the Vegas breakdown? Well, the line is seven right now, and it looks like it's drifting. Tampa Bay on the road, favored at New England by a touchdown. Here's the question. Where does this line close? A lot of people are going to be betting this game, and when do you bet? That's the question. You bet early, you bet late. I would almost have guaranteed, and I don't guarantee, but I would have almost guaranteed that this line would have gone either stayed the same or gone up. I don't think on Sunday that you would get a worse number with uh, the Patriots. So my thought would be, wait, if you like the Pats, bet now if you like the Bucks. But here's a piece of information that really threw me. The Super Contest, which is the biggest NFL handicapping contest. Fezzix won that twice. Only guy on earth to ever do that. Back-to-back only guy, but he won it twice only guy. It's the biggest handicapping contest. Millions given away. And they put the line out on Wednesday that we got to pick into. And the line in this game was six and a half. What they do at the Super Contest better than anyone is they have a feeling which way the line's going to go because they're professional bookmakers. And that's telling us this line goes down. And I'm shocked at that idea. What's your thoughts? Well, my thoughts yesterday was my thought yesterday was it is going to go up. There's no way it wouldn't go up because we've seen the bet splits on this and they're outrageous. Ninety eight percent of the cash so far on Tampa. Ninety seven percent of the tickets. And I said, and I believe Fez thinks the same thing that this game goes off at seven and a half. So, I, so but so for the contest purposes, six and a half seems like a, a well, great place not, to be. 
Yeah, that's a different conversation. Most of the listeners aren't. I understand, but I would, well, that's why we're not talking about that. We're talking about yeah. what does the contest tell us about which way the lines move. Do you believe it's going to go back to six and a half by kickoff? I, my instincts were no, but what I'm telling you this is this changed your instinct though. That, that y- yes, wow. It, it, what it's caused me to do is quite. Here's the thing: with a batter, you don't have that you're that you think A or you think B. If A and B is the binary choice, what you think is, I'm pretty sure it's A, or I'm pretty sure it's B, or you know what? I'm not sure at all. So I've gone from pretty sure this line goes up to I'm not sure at all, because there's one piece of information that's pointing me one way, which is everything I've ever known about betting markets saying it goes up. And why is that? Because the public is square. They like to bet the popular teams. The Bucks are look so much better than the Patriots. Thus, they want to bet that team. And they don't really value home field too much. So it's like, oh, a touchdown, no big deal. Seven and a half, oh, it's only a half point. That's how they think, right? The guys at the bar, that's how they think. And it's true. It's like Barney style. I know that this contest rarely, if ever, or is right 90 plus percent of the time when it comes to which way the line's gonna move. This is a riddle, and as they say, stay tuned. When we come back, we are giving AJ Hoffman's prop of the week on the Thursday game. You might think, who cares, right? He's 3 0, he's perfect, he's going for 4 0. He's RJ Bell, I'm AJ Hoffman. This is the pregame show you've always wanted, right here on Fox Sports Radio. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. I'm R.J. Bell. We are straight out of Vegas. And I'm A.J. Hoffman. Let's take a look at this Thursday night football game. Cincinnati giving seven and a half to the visiting Jags. The total sitting at 46, R.J. Is that a dig at me, the visiting Jags? Yes. Because <laughs> I actually had a confusion thinking, I thought the Jags were at home. And I'm thinking, I like the Bengals lane seven and a half. This line opened at six and a half. It is so tough for me to play the second or the third number, especially through a key number like seven. So what I would say is this. I'm going to make it a pizza bet because I actually like it. Bengals pizza bet laying the lumber here. Now, I know there's all kind of quasi-sharps, duct tape shoe guys. Now, what's a duct tape shoe guy? It's a guy whose handicapping used to be good about 10, 15 years ago. The game's changed, so he hasn't had enough money to buy new shoes, so he has to put duct tape on his shoes. So, he used to be a winner. He might have been featured in a magazine like 10 years ago, but now he's got duct tape on his shoes. They're going to say, you don't lay the lumber with a bad team. You know what? I generally agree with that. But when the other team, the Bengals aren't bad compared to the Jags. That's what we know for sure. All right. What else matters in this game? I believe strongly that the recent history shows us that the Bengals don't want to throw much. They, I believe that Taylor, the coach, has one overriding concern. That is not get fired. He does not want to be fired. And how do you get fired if you are the Bengals head coach? Well, if you lose a bunch, yes. Or if Burrow gets hurt again, 
as I said earlier, he'll, he'll be fired before Burrow gets to the hospital. So what's he doing? He's not throwing the ball a ton. 18 attempts last week versus Pittsburgh. Oh, by the way, you might say, RJ, they were leading the whole game. It's like, yeah, well, do you expect the Bengals to be leading tonight? Or the Jags and Trevor Lawrence? So I'm only saying this because I know AJ's pick, and uh, he's 3-0. and And I got to be honest with you, I think AJ might be feeling a little full of himself. You know how it is when you know there's your life, but you're feeling so competent, so good. You're thinking to yourself, it doesn't apply to me anymore. The rules don't apply. Well, they do. Cannonball it. And then one more, and he's right on top of it. Cannonball. Cannonball coming. Cannonball coming. All right. That is the intro. 3-0 on props on Thursday night, A.J. Hoffman. What am I risking my 3-0 on after R.J. just anti-handicapped me? <laughs> Joe Burrow, over 21.5 completions. Jacksonville's going through a lot of transitions in the secondary. They, they trade off C.J. Henderson for a backup tight end. So, obviously, they did that because they thought they, were, they didn't need him. Right. Why would you trade someone? Why would you what? trade the ninth pick from the 2020? Because, because no he's idea. so he's a cancer, perhaps. And I don't listen. I have no idea if he I is. I don't either. But that's a speculation. But now I know there's going to be a rookie cornerback out there on Jamar Chase, who's having his way with actual real NFL cornerbacks at this point. Bridgewater and Kyler Murray both went over 26 completions in Jacksonville in the last two weeks, both with big leads because they're finding it easier to throw short passes against Jacksonville than it is to just run directly into that wall. Deep ball, happy Higgins. Jacksonville has a wall. Well, it's more of a wall than their pass defense is. Uh, T. Higgins is out. He's their deep threat. We're more likely to get more dink and dunk receptions than massive chunk throws. So the throws receiver's from out. That means more completions. The home run threat receiver is okay. out. That does mean but more that, completions. That, what, that guy can take the top off the defense, stops him from pressing up. If this were a yardage bet, I would I wouldn't like it as much. All right. So your best bet is Joe Burrow over twenty one and a half receptions. You're three and zero. Your perfection. Yes. I'm okay. putting it on the line. McKenzie pops up because he doesn't like you. I don't think is in the twenty twenty one season. Yep. Burrow's averaged eighteen completions, and you know what? They weren't favored in any of those games. Now they're over a touchdown. I don't listen. I don't like this bet, but I'll tell you this: the guy's three and zero. He's confident, so I'm not going to press the green button. I'm not going to buck it. I'm going to stay neutral. I actually think, oh man, I, I almost want to go full best bet on the Bengals because I really think the Jags are bad. And you know what is going to happen? It's going to be that if they fall down like fourteen. I don't think. Here's what I'll say: If you're an in-game batter, if you're an in-game batter, if the Jags get down, I think it is a disaster after that, and probably with a lot of running. But I want no part of Jacksonville, and I usually like playing bad teams. I mean, that sounds ironic, but I do. I like the Bengals. AJ likes over completions. If you missed any of today's show, including all the breakdowns of the NFL game tonight and best bets, check out the podcast at foxsportsradio.com. We are straight out of Vegas. We'll be back tomorrow, 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 o'clock Vegas time, right here on Fox Sports Radio. Straight out of Vegas!